Ben doesn't seem to have hit maybe a wall that some of them do. Obviously, there's still time, but are you surprised at how well he's played consistently? Yeah, he's been he's been very consistent. He's uh, getting more aggressive, uh, but it's still kind of early to hit a wall. What are we, 12 games in? So usually the wall hitting doesn't occur till midway through your conference season or whatever. So yeah, he's he's been very consistent and and. Uh, uh, you know, the last game he didn't get a chance to play a lot, and you know he was fine with that and didn't score a lot because he only played I think 18 minutes. But he's he's been uh, he's been more than what we thought he would be, probably from a consistency basis. Are you glad Temple beat Syracuse in terms of letting your players know just how good they are? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm nothing against Jim. He's got he's got enough wins, but but uh, uh, it, it it is. Uh, it was a great win for Temple on, on a you know a neutral court and and I think it does does and will get our guys attention uh, uh, and but if anything from a selfish standpoint it gives us a, a, a better strength of schedule you know which does nothing but help us later on down the road. Coach, just assume you watch the game game tape on that one. What, what stood out that Temple maybe did really well? Well, they attacked their zone really good. I mean, they flooded the high post and. Did a great job of getting the ball inside their zone and, and, and playing, playing ba basically behind getting it in, inside their zone. So uh, they had played very, very well. And, and you know, uh, Wyatt wins nuts too. I mean, anytime a guy on your team goes for 30 plus against a, a, a good defensive team like, Temp like Syracuse has, you know, it's going to put your team in a chance to probably win the game. And, and he obviously did that. Because the way Syracuse defends, is that a as much a useful tape as maybe them against somebody else? Uh, probably not because, you know, when I watch tape, uh, if a team plays a lot of zone, a lot of times I'll just fast forward it, you know, through that because I can't see us playing a lot of zone uh, unless we put it in, you know, during one of the timeouts. Because uh, we, we, haven't, we haven't done much of that at all. And, and uh, so, you know, that, that's not a true indication, but you can still get tenants, I mean, personnel tendencies and things like that watching something that you're not going to do. But, I'd much rather watch a team play man-to-man -man against them. So what maybe did they not do as well? I think it was the game before they failed. Yeah, Canisius, they didn't play as well. They didn't play well as well against Canisius. But you know, even with that being said, it's a tie game late, and then they just don't make, any, don't make the plays down the stretch like Canisius did. So, so uh, you know, that's also a game you can watch. Uh, the one thing I, I found out the, the 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 longer I do this, you can't really compare uh, uh, scores, or you can't really compare as much. Well, let's attack them the way Canisius did because hey, three weeks ago or whatever, hey, hey, France had adjusted and corrected and done some different things. So, you know, just just try to tweak within what we try to do, or or or, or try to. To get principles involved, okay, this is how they guard ball screens. This is how we'd want to attack them. This is how we want to guard ball screens based on how they attack. But, 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 uh, uh, it's it's probably not as much a, a, a definite saying. Well, just go play the way Canisius did. Uh, I, I don't think that we're not Canisius. They have different expertise and they attack them a certain way that may not fit on how we want to attack. One game left here before Big Twelve. Have you gotten what you wanted out of the non-conference schedule? Uh, you know, I, I would say probably uh, going into the Ohio State game, I, I wouldn't know. But, you know, we played a lot of games, a lot of seasons here. We've just played one or two true road games during the non-conference. And, and, you know, you, you probably want to be able to see how your team would react in certain situations 
before you go into league. And I, th I think the true one true road game we had was great for us because we played with the lead, we played from behind, you know, didn't panic certain situations. So I think that probably gives me a better feel going into conference play, even though it's just one game. I think you said uh, before the season started that the best combination for a team is to have a group of veterans and then have your most talented yeah. players be young guys. Yeah. Is this group pretty close to that? Nah, I wouldn't say. You know, I, I still think if you're going to, you know, rate our best players, you know, uh, three out of four or four out of five would be, you know, seniors still. So maybe it doesn't quite fit. But the way college basketball is normally, your foundation or your rocks are your older guys. But your most talented guys, if you're going to have a great team, are your younger kids because your younger kids don't get a chance to be older kids. So, so uh, you know, sure you'd like to have a team full of, of your best players that are all, you know, potential draft picks be juniors and seniors. But that's, that didn't happen in college basketball the way it's set up. Uh, uh, so, you know, Russell Robinson, Sasha Khan, Darnell Jackson were not our most talented guys, but they were the foundation of our great teams we had a few years ago without question. And, and but still, yet yeah, it was nice to have Sharon and Shady and some of those other guys down there that were a little younger. That 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 you know, basically we knew we knew of their potential and knew of their talent level. And those young those older guys made sure that they fit in well. And we kind of got that right now with Ben, obviously, and and then with our older guys. When you look at your senior class, is it overlooked how much uh, having guys that are fifth year guys at 22, 23 can? can help out when you're playing, you know, 18, 19-year-olds? Oh, there's no – that's why you redshirt. You know, you're going to be better at age 23 than you are at age 18 or 19. So, I mean, there's the – you know, I saw a stat on Gonzaga. I don't know if you guys saw it. Mark has redshirted like 27 guys since 2000. Uh, he averaged like 2.7 redshirts a year. And you wonder why they win, you know, because they may not be the, the, the projected lottery pick type. So, that, hey, let's stay in college and let's have as good a career as we can, and, and which will – prepares you for the professional basketball. So I think if you were if you were Kevin or Travis or Jeff, I don't think they would do they would ever trade in uh, them setting out a year to get a chance to experience what they're going through right now. How do you convince a kid to do that? Excuse me? How do you convince a kid to do that? Well, I don't know that it's uh, I don't know if it's much convincing. I never told a kid that I think that you have to do, or I, you have to do this. I, I've told him that Hey, here's where you are in your rotation, and, and this is where I see it. And I see him ahead of you, and I see him ahead of you. And in order for you to get minutes, which you would probably think would be uh, uh, minutes that you actually are, are deserve, then you're going to have to be one or two of those guys out. And if the deck stacked against you, I don't see why it would be so why it would be such a hard decision. Uh, you know, it, the, the national statistics, I think, and I could be off on this, it takes 4.6 years for a normal student any student to graduate from a four-year university. You know, so we're asking our guys to do it in 4.0. You know, athletes that are pretty busy to do it in 4.0, why wouldn't you want to guarantee graduation? There's so many great things about setting out. Now, if, if, if you go to college to get in and get out, then redshirt's probably not an option. But, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of guys that, that, that have really helped themselves by, by setting out a year. And, and if it wasn't true, then football wouldn't do it. You know. Uh, Football redshirts all the big guys, it seems like to me, and then the, the really skilled, talented guys, they don't redshirt as much because they're nervous they're going to leave after their junior year anyway. So let's get three years out of them instead of two. But, but if, if you're not one of those guys, I, th I think a redshirt is positive. I, I think it's very positive.
that makes sense, get three years out instead of two, because they can leave after three in football. But if you redshirt, you still only get two years if they play. What's it been like to have so few games in the last month? Uh, yeah, we haven't. We, we, we've had several weeks off. Uh, so I think we had a week off before Colorado, and I think we had a week off before Mel Belmont, and then we've had a week off over Christmas, and then we've had a week off uh, uh, before Temple. So it, 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 that's not good. But, hey, it's, it's okay. I mean, uh, uh, the way the conference schedule's set up, we, don't get a, we, we will not get a bye week like most people will because our bye week is playing Temple. Uh, uh, we're lo most conference games start on this Saturday, so that means they, they will get a, you know, a Wednesday off or whatever it is uh, uh, throughout the course of the year. But, but th that's okay. I think we all read into that too much. You've talked a lot about Elijah's play and you know how he's done on offense and defense and with the knee and all that. But, but has he developed into the leader yeah. division of being? Well, I think he's still growing into it. But yeah, I think he's done. I think he's done well. I think I think guys listen to him. I I think you know it's it's a, it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, you can have a great leader that's a big guy. You can have uh, 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 an unbelievable talker that's a four man or or, or uh, 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 a guy that everybody follows his lead as a three-man, but still, if you were to ask any coach, who would you want to be your leader, everybody would say, I want my quarterback or my point guard to be that uh, because you have more opportunities to do that. And Elijah's grown into that. He's, he's done a good job. He's, he's doing it by example in practice, and he's also trying to do it vocally, and, and he's getting more comfortable doing it. Did you know that was going to be a strength? I mean, did you see him? Uh, I, I probably, probably didn't know, but I certainly expected. You know, if a guy, if, if a guy cares a lot, uh, which Elijah does, he'll force himself to get out of his comfort zone a little bit, and then it becomes more natural. So, you know, Elijah has to become an extension of, of, of the coaching staff and of me, and, and I think he's done a pretty good job of doing that. And he's very, very bright. He's a bright kid and, and, and been around a lot and played in big games, and so he gets it. Typically, a coach spends more time talking to a point guard than anybody else. Is that automatic? I don't know if I'm great at that. You know, you hear all these things about these private conversations and having a coach walk come in and we just watch tape with the guard or doing this and doing that. And you know, I uh, I, I don't do that much. I when I talk to our guys, usually it, it's you know I talk to them individually, obviously, but it's usually with the group. And and I, I want everybody to know exactly how we think each individual can improve. No embarrassment, but hey, do you guys all agree with me that he needs to do this and he needs to do that? And I, I want everybody to have the same feelings that this is what we need out of a certain guy because I think that puts certain subtle pressure on them to do it rather than me just telling them all the time. So, so uh, uh, you know, I, I talk to him a lot, but probably not in the way that, that a lot of people would envision because most of my talks are within groups, not, not, not as much individuals. That way that you have them all policing each other? Maybe. Maybe you know, like if if I got a problem, yeah. Now, now if it's a problem, of course you're not going to do it amongst a, a group. But but if it's a, if it's a situation on how to make our team better, then then I have absolutely no problem doing it. Uh, uh, not from an embarrassing standpoint, but just making sure everybody knows that this is what we need from him to give us the best chance. And, and I think that puts total pressure. And then I do think the guys in the locker room tell the guy when he's not doing it. I feel like the top seven has kind of come into focus the last few weeks and it's carried the guy maybe with a chance to carve out a little bigger yeah. role as you've done. Yeah, but, but uh, top, top eight. 
You know, I, I think I think there's been times where Mari's been pretty good. I, I you could make a case where where Perry and Jamari have been the two best bigs we have in practice, and you can certainly make a case where Jeff and Kevin are the two best bigs we have in practice. The one thing that that is very ob obvious to everyone is that Jeff is so valuable that that you know he's going to play his minutes. You know. Uh, barring any unforeseen things, foul problems or injury or whatever. So you got three guys really fight for minutes. There, there's many times where we're a much better team when Kevin's in the game. And there's many times where those other two have played better than Kevin, which I, I, th I think makes for uh, uh, great competition and, and fun. And, and, you know, the great thing about Kevin, is, I mean, he's an unbelievable kid. He coaches those other guys trying to get them better. And he knows the better they get, it'll cut into his minutes. Not necessarily beat him out, but he'll cut in his minutes because we become more balanced and we get deeper, which is good for our team later on. He gets that, and so, so uh, it, it's kind of fun to see. But I, I, I've been real pleased with Kevin on, on how he has utilized his maturity to help the young guys. This morning, uh, Tad Boyle said he'd like to get rid of instant replay and just have, I guess, human error instead. Do you, do you like replay, or how do you do? You have a, a thought on it or feeling? Well, I, 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 I personally think the replay is fine. I'd rather them get it right. Okay. Uh, the thing that I, I was just on an interview with Tim Brando, and this is what he told me. I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, Andy Katz just reported that the video equipment that Arizona used at the, on, on the scores table was not high definition. And so, 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 I mean, we've got a guy calling that game that called the national championship game last year. Not a good official, a great official. And you guys see what everybody else sees on ESPN. It looked like in high definition that that ball was good. I mean, it looked like it was good. But it was still, you know, microsecond or whatever. I mean, it could have gone either way, but it looked good. I think if you were going to poll 100 people, 80 would say it would be good. But the officials may not have seen what we saw. Now, if that's the case, and there needs to be some corrections uh, on some things uh, uh, that, that helped correct it. I, I saw where the, the SC, the uh, Pac-12 uh, uh, director of, or coordinator of officials said he agreed with the call. You know, uh, well, maybe he saw something that we didn't see. Because looking at it, I, it, it it's, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because that would mean that I have a, 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 a chip in the game, so to speak, that I would care who wins. I could care less, even though I like Tad. The, the, but the thing about it is, it, the appearance was they didn't get it right, but maybe by what the officials saw, they did get it right. And, and if, if that's true, then we need to correct that. You know, uh, uh, Tad's frustration is, is you know, we, we have done this too much, whether it be whatever sport, you go to the monitor and you look at this and look at that, and the human error is part of games. But, you know, they, they, they don't go back and look at if a guy walks or not. You know, or, or if a guy got fouled on a shot, or, or if it's goaltending, but they'll go back and look on any type of uh, mechanical problem or, or end of a game, which I still think it's most important to get right. But that would have been a very tough overtime for any team to play. Losing a big lead, then apparently winning the game, and then having to come back when you have absolutely no momentum. That, that, would, that would have been very tough for anybody to play yesterday. You have high def here, I think. I have no idea. Have you ever thought about it? Anybody ever thought about the officials are looking at the same thing that people on TV does? I have no idea. So, but if we haven't thought about it, that may be something that we should think about, uh, because you know Tad is right on this in, the, in this point. 
when the NCAA selection committee is going through and, and evaluating if you're on the bubble or not, they're not going to say, well, this should have been. They're going to go off the facts, and the facts are that Arizona won the game. So uh, that, that's the kind of stuff that I think is, is so important that we, that we make sure we get right. Coach, I think, um, I think Sunday is Larry versus uh, Danny. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. It's this weekend. I yeah. yeah. Fight well, to the death Saturday or Sunday, you're pretty. <coughs> Sunday. Leave it up to Romery to say yeah. that Saturday yeah. or Sunday is the weekend. So. We got. Games at SMU, huh? Is that right? Is the game in Dallas? I, I don't know. I haven't seen either team play. So uh, it'll be a – I can guarantee you Coach isn't worried about beating Danny. And I can carry, guarantee you that Danny isn't concerned about coach. Uh, uh, what they both like to do is just have their team win. So, but from what I understand, it's going to be a pretty cool deal because you have several members of the teams that are going to be there, and and I think they're going to some somebody's doing a pretty big piece on a fox or somebody like that. So, it, it, it's pretty neat to see a guy that was arguably the best collegiate player uh, of the decade of the '80s, uh, right there. Collegian, maybe you know, maybe in the last 30 years, that led his team to a national championship with a you know coaching against the coach that everybody feels like was maybe the best X and O guy and the best last minute strategist that our sport has seen in many many years. So it'll it, it'll be pretty cool to see those guys go at it.